0: Morning, guys, we gonna give you new art. So I'm gonna read this guys on tech. I am Eagle Falcon. First off, I would like to say to all the regular listeners, thank you for putting up with the very erratic kind of wonky schedule that we tried to do but failed to while there is there there is just a lot going on. IRL here there there was a lot going on in my own personal life in my actual work life because of course this podcast and my twitch streaming career is a hobby and unfortunately I wasn't able to do both my hobbies and well personal stuff and work related stuff at the same time so you know in any case we are back to a normal schedule with One exception. And that's actually next week. Next week I'm actually gonna be moving. And the move date is going to fall pretty much right when I'd normally record this podcast. We might go ahead and try to do the recording on Monday in the new studio once it's all set up. Hopefully, fingers crossed. But just a heads up for the for the regular listeners there's a decent chance there might not be an early an eagle eyes on tech next week so just so you all know now for this week i've already told people who are watching this live at twitch.tv slash eagle falcon but we are covering pretty much all the current stories but also any big headlines from the past two weeks that we're behind on so you're still gonna be caught up on all the important stuff but we're gonna start off with a uh,
1: an interesting. I told you so. We have been following for a while the social media moderation ban
0: in massive air quotes. The one that in the state of Texas, it's not allowed to for a social media platform to restricts speech based on
1: political beliefs. Which,
0: first off, full disclosure, not a legal expert, and I don't want to take a political side on this. I'm just legitimately curious where this goes. What's more curious, however, is that this is on its way to the Supreme Court. Like I said it was going to. It's on its way there right now. And the Supreme Court has issued a stay on the law from going into effect. What is fascinating from a political point of view is the split on issuing the stay. So the way the court rules is that there are seven judges on the Supreme Court. And I forgot exactly what the makeup is off the top of my head, because, of course, not political person. But basically, when you hear things like a 4-3 split, you can kind of guess pretty much, based on political beliefs, exactly where everyone landed. This stay was put on a 4-3 split for an agreement to place the stay and three in opposition. But both sides were politically bipartisan, oddly enough. Now, a stay is nothing interesting. It just means that the law cannot go into effect until the court has made its decision. That's all it means. But the fact that a stay is issued at all does give a hint as to how the court is going to go down. And concerning the fact that you appear to have this issue split
1: on both sides of the aisle...
0: I'm not going to lie. It is very, very interesting. I'm not going to try and make any predictions how it's going to go down. We're just going to have to wait and see exactly how this goes down. In things we don't have to wait about, though, the city of New York, I take that back, the state of New York, by the same name, has passed a moratorium on allowing new Bitcoin mining to start up in the state, meaning if you want to go ahead and start a commercial grade Bitcoin mining operation, we're not talking like you deciding to go ahead and torture your gaming rig by having it go mine cryptocurrency and pay more in electricity bills than you're going to ever make in cryptocurrency. We're talking the big, big rigs. The guys who just have racks upon racks upon racks upon racks racks of poor GPUs kidnapped from their homes on store shelves and being tortured to go ahead and create cryptocurrency that's then used to fund scams. Can you tell I'm not a fan of crypto anymore? Is it too obvious? Yeah. The state of New York says that these new outputs cannot start up in the state. No permits are going to be given, period. At least for now. This is one of the first bits of actual legal blowback against cryptocurrency mining we have seen at least here in the states. There's been a lot on the private side of things saying, I don't really want this sort of thing going on, and in this place I'm leasing out to these people, and that so- and this, that, and the other thing. This is the first time we're seeing actual government step in and say, stop it.
1: Immediately stop it.
0: Which in itself is fascinating. Almost as fascinating as the dumbest idea I have ever heard. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the world's stupidest crypto scheme to ever blight
1: the planet.
0: The cryptocurrency bros have invented... Cold, hard cash.
1: I am not making this up.
0: A startup called Offline Cash is creating what they're calling, quote, the Bitcoin note. I'm actually going to read their, their giant Twitter chain perbatim. And see how long I can go without either bursting out into, into a rage and fueled rant or bursting out laughing. It reads as follows We're excited to show off something that we've been working on the Bitcoin Note. The Bitcoin Note is a cash instrument that is backed by Bitcoin via multisig. How does it work? Finger emoji pointing down. Each note is printed with beautiful currency grade elements. Let me interject. You mean like linen?
1: (laughs) Currency grade elements. Look out. I just can't.
0: By the way, before anyone gets their hopes up, no, they are not making metal. They are not use they are not making coins. It is literally just paper money. Which means that it's made of very stiff linen. Cause that's what crypto money. That's what that's what actual money is made of. Anyway, it continues. Each note is printed on beautiful, currency grade elements that use secure printing techniques. Typically reserved for government documents like microtext, raised print, and foil. More importantly, each note includes a secure NFC chip where a multi-sig lives that allows you to claim the Bitcoin at any time. You contribute part of the <laughs> entropy that lives in the multi-sig. The other part is encrypted. I cannot say any of this with a straight face. Holy cow. The other part is encrypted. We never store any key material, but we do store the encryption key and release it to anyone who cuts the note. Additionally, each note has an expiration date. After that time, only your user key can access the funds, and you can also rekey a note so that you, re- that you receive if you would like to keep it in cold storage Take a look at Bitcoinnote.com sign they're dropping 2,100 later this summer. All right, so
1: Let's break this down for a minute. Because this is maddening. Maddening
0: is the only word I can use to describe this. So basically, they are creating paper money
1: whose value is tied to Bitcoin.
0: But you can use it as cold hard cash, because there's going to be an NFC chip in every single one of these. And it has an expiration date so that eventually all you can do is redeem the fake currency built into the physical fake currency to then have it be issued to a new kind of fake currency. Now,
1: Do I need to tell you that it's a scam? I, I, I kind of hope at
0: this point, I don't need to tell you this, but here's the thing. All right. The reason why a lot of crypto ends up being used as a scam is because whatever they launch, whether it be paper money, a new fake cryptocurrency, or whatever.
1: The problem is that the company that issues it holds the value through what's called a liquidity pool. In this case, the liquidity pool is pretty much just raw Bitcoin. They still use the protocol known as multisig sig here
0: to go ahead and have these notes touch that liquidity pool. So all you gotta do is drain the pool and all of a sudden your fake money is now even super-er fake. Someone in chat asks, it's a liquidity pool of another liquidity pool? It is a liquidity pool of Bitcoin. Bitcoin itself does not actually have a liquidity pool. Bitcoin itself is legitimately only powered by speculative value. It is why its value fluctuates so wildly. But I mean, like, keeping the, the thought of a liquidity pool out there, let, let's just think smaller brain for a minute, all right? Let's not, let's not think about the back end about it.
1: You have crypto hard cash. Now what?
0: Can I pay for it? Can I pay for my gas with it? No. Can I pay my bills with it? No. Is there any building I could go to that accepts cold hard cash that will take this?
1: The answer is no! This whole thing! This whole thing! Is. Just,
0: like, what is the benefit other than you have this cool little thing? Heck, the gold plated coins you find off, like, the late night history channel, do you call now. And pay freaking four payments of nineteen ninety nine. That's gonna end up being worth more than this, just because it actually has like the raw metal. The only value this will have is in twenty years when historians want to look back at the insane level of absolute nonsense people were willing to believe back in the year.
1: 2022. But Eagle, you might say,
0: all you got to do is find a company, a business that's willing to go ahead and accept this. You could start something big. Okay. All right. Let me put myself in the shoes of a business owner. This is actually very easy for me to do, in fact. Let's say I have a... Oh, I don't
1: know. A small little dry cleaners. All right. Why should I accept... A physical note...
0: Whose value fluctuates... Sometimes wildly... On a day-to-day basis. Why would I accept. For someone's $40 cleaning bill. A Bitcoin note. That today is worth $40. But tomorrow. Could be worth 20
1: It could also be worth 60
0: But in the end. I'd rather just take $40. Because $40 of cold hard cash, I know guaranteed would be able to go ahead and pay the employees, pay the power bill, pay the water bill, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas a Bitcoin note, nobody else is going to accept it unless I go ahead and go through the multiple day process of converting this Bitcoin note to other Bitcoin to then go ahead onto a marketplace and find a buyer for the Bitcoin that was stashed in the note. On so many levels. This entire thing is stupid. And I'll tell you what. The Twitter thread.
1: that these people
0: launch this on is really, really funny to read. My personal favorite here is from one Twitter user that says, so it's paper money, but harder to use. And any transaction I make is traceable. And it uses a tremendous amount of energy to create and support any transaction. Did I get that correct? They responded with, incredible, wrong on every account. It is a synthetic polymer used just like cash, but backed by Bitcoin. Okay, so already it is uh, not currency-grade material. It's backed by Bitcoin. Oh, so that means that it's every transaction is completely traceable and uses a tremendous amount of energy to create and support any transactions because it's powered by Bitcoin, which uses a ton of power to support the blockchain. Anyway, their response continues. The transferable cold storage properties of this means that it's both anonymous and requires no more energy than the effort needed to pass it to the person you're paying. Except it's backed by a cryptocurrency, which means by its nature, it has to touch a crypto wallet, which means that every transaction that's actually being cashed out is still going to have to be traced, which uses a ton
1: of energy.
0: Uh, I, like I said, this thread is a joy to read through. Because you have half the people making legitimate arguments and the other half
1: just making stuff up as they go on.
0: And the best part is it's not just offline cash trying to defend themselves. You do have some people
1: That are just like,
0: you know, I'm not even going to bother reading the, it, it's, it, it is a trip. Speaking of a trip, the FTC has finally awoken from its slumber and has realized something. Scammers are
1: using crypto to cash in.
0: You can't see it on an audio-only podcast. But I am attempting to bury my face so deep into the palm of my hand that it passes through.
1: It's incredible. It is is actually incredible. I, I would like to congratulate the FTC... On being literally,
0: not figuratively, literally two to five years late to the party, depending on how you count. Bravo. Bravo. <laughs> Now at this time, the FTC is is doing basically nothing in regards to this, but they are they have released a official statement in typical FTC fashion and saying, "Hey, here's how to notice a scam."
1: The FTC, ladies and gentlemen, doing things that scam baiting YouTubers have been doing for years.
0: Well, if you ever wanted proof that Christopher Walken in a visual or in a uh, point and click adventure game was ever correct, he, he was correct. The wheels of justice may move slow, but they're moving. They're moving.
1: Well, here we are. They're moving. Anyway, enough about depression regarding crypto. Let's make fun of Apple. Apple is being sued by Cydia.
0: I'm willing to bet there's about 5% of you that are laughing right now, and the other 95% of you have no idea what Cydia is. So, how many of you have ever heard of the term jailbreaking an iPhone? It's an audio podcast. I can't see you raising your hands anyway. What jailbreaking your iPhone did is allowing the installation of a third party app store to be able to add functionality to. The iPhone from outside of
1: the phone. This app store goes by the name of... you guessed it, Cydia So Cydia has been operating since the iPhone 3G.
0: They have been operating basically under the radar or rather in plain sight and been going back and forth with Apple as Apple continues to squish any kind of exploit to allow the installation of Cydia on iPhones. And apparently, emboldened by Epic Games and their sue against Apple, Cydia is throwing an antitrust lawsuit against Apple in the state of California. Get the popcorn. This is going to be amazing. Someone in chat said this is basically the, uh, the Super Nintendo emulator SNES 9X suing Nintendo. It almost is. It's almost like that. I mean, it's not quite, but it is very close to being like that. By the way, in case making fun of Apple wasn't, wasn't good enough, um, the, uh, MIT researchers also found an unpatchable flaw in Apple's new shiny M1 chip.
1: The vulnerability, of course, has to get a clever name. In this case, the clever name is
0: Pac-Man. Because the vulnerability calls on the pointer authentication codes or PAC. (sighs) I swear our white hat hackers that continue to try and find these vulnerabilities and security exploits spend more effort on the clever names of these exploits than actually finding them now
1: what does this mean mean honestly nothing for the
0: most part at the at the moment that this looks it's exceedingly difficult for this kind of vulnerability to be used on an individual system as it stands right now. These kinds of vulnerabilities are far better used for giant enterprise systems. But in Apple's infinite wisdom, despite the fact that the one thing that the Apple M1 chip is good at, absolutely top tier, God tier is performance per watt. What do you care about in a data center more than anything else? Performance per watt. These kind of chips would be killer in a data center environment, but Apple refuses to let them live in a data center environment. They only live in Mac computers and
1: that one iPad.
0: So there's no giant centralized place to go ahead and focus this on. The only product that's really vulnerable for that, this is the only product that Apple has that's vulnerable because of this exploit is the Mac studio, the one that looks like they just went ahead and altered the Z-axis on a, uh, on a Mac mini. Yeah. That being said, though, I know there is a number of lunatic outlets out there and outfits that in their insane logic, go ahead and take Mac minis and rack mount them. Those guys are going to be vulnerable to this because those guys are crazy.
1: I'm sorry, but seeing like thousands upon thousands of Mac minis. And a data center rack is. It's weird. I don't like it.
0: In any case, we're going to take our first break here when we come back. More security vulnerabilities and an update on Elon Musk attempting to buy Twitter. And of course, and of course, eventually we got to talk about WWDC ...and all the stuff announced there. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. Motorola has a problem. Apparently, Motorola phones are at risk of remote hacking because of a chip level vulnerability all because of the chips that they use from Unisoc which sounds like i don't know Unisoc just sounds like the weirdest sort of underwear company or maybe i'm just or maybe i'm just tired that my brain immediately goes there but in any case Apparently, the Taiwanese cohort MediaTek has been able to... God, this thing just go, goes rambly. But bas- basically, a lot of the budget Motorola phones are vulnerable because they're using an older chipset that has a hardware-level vulnerability on it. Now, the actual devices that are affected are the 2021 Moto G20, E30, and E40. These phones are mostly found
1: pretty much across Europe.
0: Now, does this mean that these phones are going to just be absolutely useless for anyone to use. I guess it really depends on how easy it is to use this vulnerability, because basically the way it's described
1: is that. The exploit can be
0: done by connecting the phone via the LTE network and basically causing a stack overflow error and getting access to data it normally would not be able to after having that stack overflow happen. At least that's how this one article is describing it.
1: So should you just go ahead and avoid these phones? I mean,
0: if you're going to go ahead and pick between like the, the Moto G20 from last year or paying $50 more and get the more current one, I think in this case, paying the $50 more for the more current one that doesn't have this vulnerability is not the worst idea in the world. Someone in chat says the 90s called they want their exploits back. You know, I'm not going to lie. I can't remember the last time I've actually had to use the word stack overflow in anything but, like, early 90s, ex- or not, not early 90s, but 90s exploits, or when hearing about some kind of very weird speedrun glitch. Speaking of weird exploits, let's talk about Symbiote. A new... Nearly impossible to detect Linux threat. This one's actually kind of, kind of spoopy. I'm not going to lie. The fact that this, that this is nearly impossible to detect is what makes it a big yikes. The reason this one is very... Nearly impossible to detect, too, is just because most malware, when they're in a computer, they run in their own
1: contained box.
0: This one, Symbiote, g- gets its name because it actually does attach itself to other files and run from inside those files. Thus making it and granted, when I say this, I am very grossly oversimplifying it. I feel like I should make that clear, but basically because of this, it is extremely difficult for this exploit to be
1: detected.
0: Now, of course, anytime these sort of <laughs> same person said that is also a 90s technique. Man, we really knew how to come up with vulnerabilities in the 90s, didn't we?
1: <laughs> now, should the average person panic? Not really. You really shouldn't. You want to know why? How many of you use Linux?
0: The user base of Linux is very small. You know what else is very unique about the user base of Linux?
1: The user base of Linux
0: is extremely tech savvy. So, I mean, normally when I go over these things, like, oh, make sure you don't do this, don't do that, etc.,
1: etc., et cetera, et cetera. Most people, most
0: Linux users already know that sort of stuff. Now, someone in chat didn't bring up a good point. There are a lot of routers out there that use some flavor of Linux. There are many Internet of, uh, there are many Internet of Things devices that run on some flavor of Linux.
1: Which pretty much just brings up pretty much the number one way to avoid this sort of stuff. Update.
0: Eventually a patch is going to come out that is going to patch this kind of thing out of existence. Update the firmware on your router.
1: Or in my case, probably break the router on the, on, the, on the way moving to the new place and end up having to get a new one.
0: I'm just saying, I, I don't know what it is, but when I look at my router and just like the sad state it's in with all the stuff that's collected on it, I just got a feeling it's not going to survive the move. I want to be wrong, but I got a feeling
1: I'm not going to be, that I'm not going to be wrong in this case.
0: Someone in chat says this thing has been out in the wild since November of 2021. Oh, cool.
1: Wonderful. This actually does bring up to
0: the main target of something like Symbiote. The primary target is most likely not going to be routers. It's most likely not going to be your light bulb. It's not going to be the control hub of that sort of thing. You know what it's going to be?
1: Enterprise servers running Red Hat. We can talk about, you know... Your home router running some flavor of Linux. The enterprise market, though? we
0: would you say the percentage of enterprise servers r- running Linux is, what? 90? 95%? Somehow 105%? Yeah, that's the target. Currently right now, as someone has pointed out in the chat, it has been used in attacking the financial sector. Of I just had it in the article, where to it go? In Latin America. So. The hunt is on. For taking down, quite possibly, a very scary piece of malware that has gone undetected for quite a long time. Anyway, let's shift gears to something that's just kind of, wait, what? And then we'll probably just move on very quickly from it. Google has been ordered to pay an Australian politician over defamatory YouTube videos. YouTube videos that were put YouTube videos that were on the on the site that were posted by various other YouTubers were found as relentless racist I can read words I swear abusive and defamatory I don't know why I can re- read defamatory but not vilificatory
1: Oh, I'm right now trying
0: to glance through the ar- the article to see will they actually mention wh- what the politician is. But the politician has actually stepped out of the political light and a federal court has found Alphabet liable for damages and it has to pay 715000 down under dollars
1: to... Well, the politician in question, and also just in damages in general.
0: Someone brought up a good point that um that the that the video has been viewed nearly eight hundred thousand times since it was posted in twenty twenty, and this is a this is an unprecedented amount of blah 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 blah.
1: 800,000 times? Really? That's it? 800,000?
0: Go up to like most professional YouTubers and ask how happy are you with 800,000 views. Most of them are going to go chump change. Most of them are going to say I can't believe I underperformed so much. It's just so bizarre to see a court case like that just go that way. But I also say this as an American in which insulting our politicians is basically our culture. Russia, not content
1: with pissing off literally the entire planet
0: over invading Ukraine, now wants to piss off Germans by hijacking the ter- their German telescope to continue its
1: work. Now look, I am not
0: an expert on research in space. Far from it. I'm I'm just a schmuck who sits down at a basically a giant scrapyard battle station. When I say battle station I should clarify the term for a triple screen computer system.
1: And I just rant about stuff. But I I I just I just feel like I just feel like Russia has better things to do
0: than to yoink a German telescope in a spacecraft to do scientific research. Like, I don't know, maybe focus on the fact that you're being economically isolated from the majority of the planet. Maybe focus on the fact that uh life life decisions that you know you're making in Russia is uh just going ahead and uh going to be the uh the end of your regime you know those sort of things the fact that you really have no end game once you've taken over ukraine and then what
1: I mean, I will give them credit. I didn't see this coming.
0: Someone in chat pointed out that when I say most of the world, that is, it's pretty much just Russia and China. Yeah, pretty much.
1: Maybe North Korea wants to get get into that little uh, bubble of being shunned. But I mean, I'm not wrong by the statement of most of the world. Uh, But
0: still, a German telescope? What the heck? All right. I I need a palate cleanser. I need to talk about something that is not incredibly stupid. All right. Hopefully my stack of stories is going to give me something
1: that's not incredibly stupid. Oh, it's Elon Musk.
0: Uh-huh. I see. All right. Let's get to the update. This story, oddly enough benefit for me by the way who has been kind of unable to do the tech podcast for a while elon musk and twitter has been basically silent for almost two to three weeks the last we heard was that elon was threatening to scrap the deal because of the bot numbers being way higher than the, than he was originally told And then Twitter said, prove it. And then we've been basically just silent for a shocking amount of time. Well, Elon has now made a move to begin trying to exit the deal without paying the penalty based on the fact that Twitter is in violation of the initial agreement and not providing the information requested. A lot of people then began to speculate that this was Elon's endgame all along. That he wanted to go ahead, use buying Twitter as a pretext for selling off a bunch of his assets, in this case being Tesla stock, to be able to do the deal. But then to bail on the deal, not pay the penalty because of this, that, or the other thing. And basically, have a reason to turn a lot of assets into cold hard cash and not suffer any sort of massive penalty for it. That's what a lot of people are theorizing. Honestly, I'm not sure if that's the end game. That seems like a lot of extra steps to sell off some assets. But if there's one thing I've learned, Do not under any circumstances underestimate Elon Musk's ability to overthink anything and equally on how to
1: underthink a whole lot of things.
0: So everyone thinks that's what the plan was, all right? And granted, as it's written out, Using the bots as a pretext to get out of the deal without paying the penalty would work completely. So unless Twitter does something, the entire deal could be off. Twitter's brand would be greatly damaged because of these claims of 20% of the user base being bots. Which affects their ad dollars, which affects, you know, everything about how Twitter runs. And legally on paper, it looks like Twitter, bi- or that Elon bailed out of the deal because of exactly
1: that. So Twitter responded. And you know how Twitter responded?
0: They said, here, go fetch. Twitter has given the Firehose data access so that Elon and, and his team can go, swift thr- can go sift through all
1: of the data by hand. You gotta give Twitter credit here. If Elon's actual plan
0: was to bail on the deal to turn assets into cash, he can't do it now. Because Twitter has given him access to
1: all the data. All of it. 100% of it. Here you go. Now prove we're lying. Now go through the deal like you said you were going to.
0: Look, when it comes to the Elon Musk versus Twitter sort of thing here, I could care less who ends up being the owner. Elon being the owner of Twitter, I imagine Twitter will function pretty much nearly exactly the same as I use it right now. The only thing I expect would change is the suggested and trending pages of Twitter, in which case they are already a toxic cesspool and I ignore them anyway. So under Elon's management, the only thing they could do is either be exactly the same as toxic, but in a different flavor of toxic or get better. Either way, I'll probably still ignore it. And honestly, the way that the current people manage Twitter, they haven't, they've been unwilling to give us an edit button until Elon started poking them like a kid pokes a bear with a stick. So I'm not too fond of the way Twitter's been
1: operating under the current management, so. I've said it before and I'll say it again.
0: It's one jerk buying Twitter from another jerk. Pick your flavor of jerk. I'm just going to sit over here
1: and just nom on popcorn while you two argue with each other. Speaking of jerks,
0: Ford has decided to be a complete jerk to Tesla and in a way that I absolutely love. So, for those who don't know, Ford now has a three-vehicle lineup of modern electric vehicles. They have the Mustang Mach-E, which has been out for a bit. They have the E-Transit, that's pretty much just starting to hit commercial markets. And the Ford F-150 Lightning, which is the new hotness. The pickup truck that was built from the ground up by Ford to be electric. So... Obvious we're going to talk about the Lightning, because that's the only cool thing to talk about right
1: now. So what has Foreign done? They are shipping all of the F-150 Lightning pickup trucks with an adapter
0: so that you can plug in, in the back of the truck, a cord that will transfer power from your Lightning to a Tesla to rescue
1: it. I'm I'm not going to lie. This amuses me greatly. Just for free. Have
0: the ability to have your pickup truck go ahead and rescue those posh pricks and their Teslas and their full-on e- Elon fanboy-isms from running their
1: Tesla all the way to zero. Now, here's here's the next step, all right?
0: Now, the way this works, for those who don't know, the F-150 Lightning... Is basically it, it's it's an electric pickup truck, obviously, but in the bed of the truck and under the front trunk that I'm not going to call a frunk, that is a stupid name. There are multiple 110 outlets in the rear in the bed of the truck. There is also a 240 outlet.
1: Now, for, for those who
0: don't know, because I know we have some listeners across the pond, here in North America, all of our outlets run on 110 voltage. But we do have some outlets that run on 220 or 240. I think it's 220, actually. In what I said earlier about it being, being 240. Those connectors look radically different. And those are normally used
1: for either construction
0: equipment, high-end power tools or like a dryer. I'm being corrected by chat and saying that it's 120 and 2 and uh and 240. <laughs> Someone in chat says you can dry your clothes on a camping trip. Finally. <laughs> yeah, cuz we've al- always wanted that. Exactly. Now, this kind of connector is not new. The actual new F-150, F-150 hybrid also has this 240 outlet in the back if you go ahead and get it properly equipped. In fact, the F-150 hybrid that launched early last year early last year, I want to say does have the ability to put out 7,700 Watts when it's running in what's called generator mode, basically just using the hybrid powertrain basically as a gasoline generator. I joked back then you could totally go ahead. And with that hybrid pickup truck, go ahead and charge that abandoned electric vehicle. Now Ford's just straight up doing it. (laughs) They're just shipping you the cable from the get-go. Now, of course, keep in mind, if you go ahead and rescue another electric vehicle, the F-150 has no way to generate its own power aside from regenerative braking, which
1: regenerative braking you're not going to like generate a ton of power unless you're traveling down a mountain so if you're going to go ahead and
0: rescue a tesla you know don't bring them all the way up to like 50 percent. you're going to strand yourself at that point and then you're going to need rescuing from someone else with an f-150 lightning who will then need to be rescued by someone it's just gonna be a giant domino effect of Power down F-150 lightnings on the side of the road if you do that. You know, just give them that little 5% to go
1: on from there.
0: Now, speaking of Ford, as I said, they have uh, three electric vehicles right now. A crossover, a commercial van, and a light-duty pickup truck.
1: Now, Ford being a standard
0: conventional vehicle dealer, they use dealerships to sell their vehicles. They don't sell direct like Tesla does. They want to change that. Ford wants to move to a model in which all their electric vehicles are sold online only.
1: Now, on paper, this seems like a win-win, right? Lower cost for the consumer because there's no dealership to market up. Ford makes more money because they're not losing money to dealerships. Win-win, right? Well,
0: there's one problem. Let me tell you about my state, the state of Wisconsin. Here in the state of Wisconsin, there is actually an archaic law that makes it so that any new vehicle must be sold through a dealership. Currently, in my home state of Wisconsin, you cannot legally purchase a brand new Tesla. If, we to, if I want to go ahead and buy a Tesla... I have to travel all the way down to the dystopian state of Illinois. Buy it online there, pick it up, and then drive it back to my home state of Wisconsin.
1: And yes, in Wisconsin, we do have Tesla
0: superchargers. There's actually quite a few. There's even a Tesla service center here in here in Wisconsin, at least in my neck of the woods in southeastern Wisconsin here. I don't know about the rest of the state, but you can't buy a Tesla there. You can only have it repaired there
1: poorly. So
0: if Ford wants to go ahead and do this sort of thing. I strongly recommend, please, go ahead and lobby states like my own to put an end to these laws that mandate dealerships. Because in case you couldn't tell by the fact that I call the laws archaic, I do think they are very, very archaic. And should, in fact, just stop.
1: We're going to take a break here.
0: When we come back, you know what? I got to actually shift things around. We have to talk about WWDC. Holy cow, there are so many stories to still talk about. It is going to be a big bonus episode. I'll tell you what, there is a lot left to cover. But next up, WWDC. Welcome back, you guys on tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, WWDC 2022. We need to to talk about it. We're actually skipping quite a lot that I had lined up in order to get to this, but we got to do it. We got to do it. So WWDC, for those who don't know, this is Apple's Worldwide Developer Conference. And normally it is used to pretty much talk about the new software updates that are coming to uh, the Mac the iPhone, the Apple Watch that you forget exists until you see it in public, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So let's first talk about pretty much in order what happened. So first things first, iOS 16, they are doing something we have never seen on a phone that doesn't start with Android ever. We are seeing... The lock screen
1: being able to be customized. I am dead serious. That is the highlight feature from iOS 16. The ability to customize
0: the lock screen. A feature we've had on Android... Since, I want to say, 1878.
1: Smartphones have been around since then, right?
0: So, you can go ahead and introduce widgets on your lock screen. Change the font of your clock. What a novel idea, you guys. It's... It's incredible. Oh yeah, and also iPhones can now do voice dictation, meaning speech to text, on device. It no longer needs to connect to the cloud to do that. They finally had to admit that their voice dictation required an internet connection, and now it doesn't. slow freaking clap. Yeah, honestly, iOS, iOS, the actual iPhone itself. As far as the updates that came out, it didn't get much. For the first time in a long time, the iPhone really was like just the footnote of WWDC. Actually, no, I take that back. WatchOS was still the footnote. Because I literally don't remember what was announced for WatchOS 9. You want to know what was announced for WatchOS 9? New watch
1: faces and better sleep tracking. An additional metric for your fitness tracking.
0: Yeah, the iPhone and the iWatch were clearly the losers of this WWDC. Mac OS got an up... Someone in chat asked, no custom watch faces? No. There are still no custom watch faces. By the way, by the way, speaking of custom watch faces, seeing as clearly I do have some listeners in high up places, at least in Ford, if anyone from, uh, from on, the, on the watch OS not the watch os what what is it called in android wear os anyone from the wear os team and, and alphabet listening if you can do me a solid and update and make it so that there are much many 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 more watch faces available or just give us the API to have custom watch faces on wear os that'd be great I really want my golden eye watch face back I really do please Pretty please. I don't care if the information on the face is nowhere near as usable as it is right now. I just want it. Just, just let me have my golden eye watch face back. All right, now Mac OS. So we see a few things. Um, we got a new windowing system out of Mac OS in which you can have groups of windows and just quickly swap between the various groups of windows rather than just minimizing some, increasing others. It's just a much easier way to multitask. And as very minor as it sounds, this actually is kind of cool. Even though we've had it on, even though it's on Windows 11. An operating system I don't want to touch. And most likely it's been on Linux. Since. 19 always. And then macOS also got the ability to go ahead and use an iPhone as the webcam. Thus showing that Apple is willing to admit. That the webcams and computers
1: absolutely suck.
0: Says the guy who, do, who has a broadcast studio that is being powered by a $30 Logitech webcam that only looks even remotely respectable because there are two giant umbrella lights absolutely giving me a tan while I'm talking to a microphone.
1: I actually wonder how much UV is coming off those lights now that I think about it. Am I going to be bacon? But in any case, yes, you can go ahead and use your iPhone as a webcam. It
0: looks just as jank as it sounds. And also, at WWDC, they showed off a super weird gimmick in which you could, using the ultra-wide-angle lens... Unfortunately, the article I have here doesn't show it and just have the device, have whatever object it is in front of the computer and it'll use machine learning algorithms, buzzwords, and the ultra wide angle lens to make it look like you're looking at that object from a top down camera view. The actual demonstration made it look like actual witchcraft. Developers who have gotten access to this software early have gone ahead and tested, it, and it does work fairly well. Unless whatever object is has any kind of height. In which case, nightmarish things happen. Like, say your hands, if they're if you have them in certain positions, will have fingers that are nine miles long. And curl in on themselves and look like something straight out of a horror game.
1: Whee. So yeah, a uh, cute gimmick might be useful here and there, but um Oh.
0: Do not use it unless you want to horrify whoever you're viewing
1: it with and then the last bit of
0: software updates is iPad OS and iPad OS was clearly
1: underlined clearly the big winner Because in iOS, they got a weather app. I forgot iPad doesn't have a, a weather app.
0: Oh, yeah. Also, that whole uh, windowing system that that's on macOS, that's also coming to the iPad. So now your iPad actually can behave like a real computer and have some real multitasking. But
1: holy cow! It has a weather app.
0: Oh yeah, also the iPad can now connect to an external monitor and actually extend the desktop to it. Thus giving you the actual multi-monitor support you expect from a professional device. But holy cow! Weather app. Chat is right now doing their best to try and distract me with what is being called the, quote, booba dance. I, I, you didn't need
1: to know that, but I've told you now.
0: You now know this. Now, of course, it wasn't just software that was mentioned. There was hardware. And that hardware is... The Apple Silicon M2. Thus proving that vulnerability we talked about earlier. Apple really doesn't care anymore because now. Now. The answer to the M1 chip vulnerability. Is Apple's answer to a lot of things. Throw it out. And get the new one. It doesn't have that vulnerability. Now with that of course Apple did show off some new hardware. With it, they showed off the new 13 inch MacBook Pro, which has changed nothing other than the fact it has a new chip under it and keeps the inferior design of nothing but USB C ports. It keeps the touch bar nobody likes, and because it's just the base M2, it has the exact same horsepower as the next device, which is the MacBook Air with the M2 in it. They did it, guys. Apple has made another MacBook Pro that is super not professional in any way, shape, or form.
1: Good job. Good job.
0: Now, I'll I'll just say this. If you're actually a professional that uses... That actually uses Mac. And you want an actual professional laptop. Just go get the 14 or the 16 inch. Those are actual respectable. Profession, professional and air quote laptops. This new one is not. The MacBook Air with M2. That is a far more interesting laptop. Because. First off it has colors. Like silver and gray and like a golden-ish sort of thing that has some sort of color that what what is the name of it like starlight or something weird like that if there's one thing that new apple is doing that old apple didn't it is coming up with super pretentious color names
1: oh yeah they also introduced um Like a bluish black they're calling Midnight. What's important,
0: though, is that the wedge shape of the MacBook Air is gone. The MacBook Air is now just as thick in the front as it is in the back. It looks like someone took the MacBook Pro... And just shaved off
1: a large layer on the bottom. Oh no.
0: But you know what's crazy about this, though? You know what's really crazy about the MacBook Air? It did something very un Apple
1: like. It added
0: a port. It added the MagSafe charge port. So now you can charge it either via MagSafe or via
1: USB-C. uh uh-huh, but what ports did they take away? One might ask. None. The old ports are still there. Two USB-Cs and the mythical, the legendary, the unicorn of ports, the headphone jack. It's still there.
0: But there is one downside. There is one big downside to the MacBook
1: Air. It does have a screen notch. Yeah. It has a screen notch. But here's something that's hilarious about the
0: screen notch to me. So we take the screen. We make it a little bit bigger. And then we take a chunk missing out of it for the webcam.
1: But at the same time,
0: we admit the webcam is terrible and you should go ahead and instead use your iPhone as your webcam. In the same presentation, they take out a chunk of the screen for the thing they admit by their own admission. (laughs) Is
1: terrible Ah! I, I just I just can't even look I'd be more accepting of a notch in a laptop if the camera was good. But guess what? The camera is terrible. Absolutely, utterly terrible.
0: Now you might be wondering how the heck did I just summarize all of WWDC in 17 minutes? The actual keynote went on for two hours. Two hours of my life, by the way, I want back.
1: So how do they do it? Oh, it's very simple. They did it with
0: the power of graphs. Yes, the entire keynote was just littered with Apple... Um, we'll just say self-congratulating themselves. You go ahead and create your own imagery as to what that actually is and talk about how superior their M2 is compared to a mysterious Intel chip and their previous generation M1 chips using bell curve graphs that you'd never ever see in any other metric whatsoever.
1: This is also why I want my two hours back.
0: <laughs> Someone in chat mentions they don't dare use AMD. You want to know why they don't dare use AMD? Because there was never an AMD Mac. They only want to compare it to other Macs. AMD and Threadripper to them is dead. It, it basically might as well not exist because it never, ever dared touch the glorious aluminum MacBook, despite the fact that AMD right now has a vastly superior product to Intel. And it really is a shame. Now, of course, the M2, for the most part, the only thing that's really different is that it's more efficient, it's faster by a a marginal amount uh, that we don't know because their graphs are terrible. But also it has...
1: Two more GPU cores. That's pretty much all we can make of it right now.
0: Maybe we could go over all the others up to 24 gigabytes of DDR5 memory built into the chip. Some kind of 5 nanometer process they're not going to talk about a bunch of big numbers that don't matter unless you actually compare them to something. It's just whatever.
1: This is what Apple has done to me now. Apple has literally made it now that
0: after their entire informative conference For developers, I am left with more questions than
1: answers. At least before,
0: I would know what is and isn't BS. Now I don't! I know nothing! Nothing! That also being said, though... There are a few other things that came out of WWDC. Such as... Linux VMs being able to run Intel apps with Rosetta... In the new...
1: Mac OS version. That's kind of... Interesting.
0: It, it, is it bad that I kind of want to know just how bad Crisis will run
1: in a Linux VM on, on a Mac.
0: How much performance leakage can we have by going from Mac OS emulating Linux Emulating windows to emulating
1: crisis what will the frame rate be Will it even play?
0: will the whole thing just crash saying, "This is stupid, stop it I mean in seriousness, this actually does have some very interesting use cases, and someone is going to be able to go ahead and use it for its actual intended purpose and actually do some good. I personally am still going to ask really, really stupid questions. Like, will the whole thing glitch out enough that I'll actually survive in phasmophobia if I run phas inside a Linux VM on a Mac?
1: Actually, they'll probably just
0: anger the ghost and kill me sooner. In other Apple news, though, there is a report that is saying that the biggest, highest-end iPhone 14 Max that is going to be... Wait, iPhone 14 Max, not Pro Max? What? Uh, Interesting. Anyway, that the highest-end phones could be delayed by three weeks due to the still- ongoing COVID-19 lockdowns in China.
1: I say it again and again.
0: We're not out of the woods yet when it comes to the chip shortage. It is still ongoing and it's still going to keep on going longer and longer and longer.
1: It, ju- it just never ends.
0: All right. Well, now that we're thoroughly depressed, how about some good news? Some good Apple news. Don't worry. I got some for you.
1: We could be seeing the end of the lightning port on the iPhone
0: in two years. It is actually official the EU proposal to mandate USB-C on all phones is has been approved and it's been implemented in 2024 meaning that brand new phones must accept the universal charging of USB-C which means the Apple iPhone ...that uses
1: lightning... ...has to happen. But... ...there is still just one problem.
0: There is still the caveat that small enough... ...electronic devices do have an exception that wireless charging is allowed. This still does possibly open the door for, say, an iPhone mini having no ports and being wireless charging only, unless that little clause has been struck or altered from it.
1: We'll just have to see.
0: I have been talking about for a while, I can totally see Apple doing no charging port on the baseline iPhones and then Thunderbolt on the
1: iPhone Pros. But we'll just have to see. We'll have to
0: see how this... Goes down. Someone in chat says we're going to see iPod shuffle sized iPhones. Which iPod shuffle? If we're talking about just like that, the OG like lanyard one. No, I take that back. That would still be terrible. No, any size iPod shuffle would be terrible to use for that. Someone in chat says the small enough clause just refers to devices like smart, like smartwatches and wireless in-ear headphones. The case, of course, still has to accept
1: USB-C. So. If there's
0: one thing I've learned, and this actually goes back to. I believe it was actually the FTC that did this way back in the day. Long, long ago, cell phones in the U.S. had a wide variety, and I do mean a wide variety, of different-sized barrel chargers. Eventually, the FTC launched guidelines that said, you guys all need to settle on one charger. And pretty much that's how micro USB, or first it was mini USB, then micro USB, was pretty much adopted as the de facto standard for charging. The exception, of course, was Apple, who used, at the time, the 80-pin connector. And when the FTC glared angrily at Apple and tapped their foot, like the grandmother that just caught you with your hand in the cookie jar, Apple said, the iPhone is not a phone. It is a media consumption device. And thus is exempt to this. And of course. That argument is BS.
1: But here's the thing. It works.
0: So while on paper. You should see. The iPhone 15. At the very latest have. USB-C charging. Across the board, never underestimate Apple's ability to weasel out of nonsense. We're going to take our last break here. When we come back, I have a lot of super underlined, super weird stories, including a 4chan bot. A bot to simulate 4chan. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. To follow up with the story we ended with on the last segment about USB-C kind of basically about to become the de facto standard in Europe and thus quite possibly across a large chunk of the world there is still sh- signs that apple will fully embrace usb c and just completely ditch lightning as the relic that it is now before you before any die hard apple fanboys try to go ahead and convince me that killing lightning is bad because of all the benefits of lightning I would like to answer. I would like to ask. Like what? Lightning. You can go and put insert either way. Yeah, you can do that with USB C as well. But there's so many accessories. There's more USB C accessories. But but all my accessories. All your accessories communicate via USB 2.0 speeds. I know the USB standard has lost all its meaning with its numbers, but it's still 2.0. You communicate at a a speed of what? One megabit? I think it actually might be like two megabytes. I can't can't remember what the speed is for for USB 2.0. It's crazy slow. Don't do it. Your Wi-Fi is faster. Someone in chat asked, wasn't 2.0 from 2001 or something? Yeah. USB 2.0. What speeds are old? And that's what lightning is, or yeah, what lightning is based on for data speeds. Yeah, no, it's time for lightning to go. And it actually shows based on reports from Kuo saying that there are going to be USB-C AirPods and other accessories including the AirPods AirPods Pro and AirPods Max, which by the way, I forgot those really giant $500 headphones that Apple sells were called the AirPods Max. When I think of something called an AirPod, I expect something small and lightweight. It still looks like I could use those to beat someone with. But I wouldn't because they cost
1: $500. So, the the reports
0: mention that Apple is ditching the concept of a completely portless device and will instead just embrace USB-C. Completely. To which I say, Alleluia. Alleluia. By the way, one other thing that actually was mentioned at WWDC is some officially supported multiple USB-C chargers. One of which, I am sure both of these are for the, technically the MacBook Air, One of which is a fast charger, and the other has two USB-C ports. You would think those would both be features on the same charger, but nope. The high wattage one only has one port. The low wattage one has two. And if you think that is stupid, wait until you see it. For those listening to the audio version, a.k.a. the only version of this podcast, uh, you will picture in your mind a wall wart, meaning that it's just the power adapter that plugs directly into the wall with two USB-C
1: ports on the very top of it. This is also quite
0: possibly the most un-Apple thing I have ever seen. Like, I've seen Apple stray from the path of their design, but
1: this is... This is horrendous. Like, just go get a third-party one. Someone in chat says this picture is bad because it looks like a toaster with prongs as toast. (laughs) They're not wrong. It kind of does.
0: Anyway, I promised weird tech stories. And somehow, the charger that has prongs as toast is not in there. But what is in there is a smart basketball hoop that will zoom around and make sure that you never, ever miss a shot. This isn't the first time we've seen something like this. YouTuber Mark Rober had made a dartboard back when he was just gaining steam that would shift automatically and make it so you hit a bullseye every time. Or also make it so that you miss every time, if you, des- if you decide otherwise, this being made by stuff made here takes it to the next level. A basketball hoop that can roam ar- that can zoom around at 100 miles an hour to ensure, no matter how bad of a shot you are, it'll make it
1: every time it
0: is I mean it has no practical use other than being frickin' cool someone in chat says now we can all be Michael Jordan yes yes we can except me I'm way too out of shape but if I make 100% of my shots can I then lie and say I am in shape someone in chat says wrong Jordan can dunk Ah, but you see, we can have the the ball zoom in, and as we jump our grand total of six inches that we're only capable of, the hoop can just go down, zoom in, (laughs) to where we're about to go, so that we can make that dunk.
1: It's brilliant. It is absolutely brilliant. In other news, the future of Taco Bell is coming to the Twin Cities. Yes, Taco Bell is in the news for what I
0: can only describe as the world's largest vending machine. And I'm only being slightly sarcastic.
1: So basically
0: this giant kitchen that looks like some kind of mega bank or like some kind of toll
1: booth you drive up you place your order and then a dumb waiter brings the order down the order is is cooked up above and
0: As far as I'm aware, I'm pretty sure that the food is still cooked by mortals. But basically, if if you really want to have your... Your Taco Bell with literally zero human interaction whatsoever. Road trip out to the Twin Cities. And you can, in fact... Enjoy some Taco Bell through a tube. And hopefully what comes out of the other end of your tube isn't terrible. Is that going too far? I don't care. It's Taco Bell. It just is what it is. And when I say in a tube, I do mean that quite literally. They do show some pictures inside this restaurant. And in fact, the orders are dropped through a tube
1: I am both horrified and curious but this is all
0: being done by Border Foods which is a franchise holder that currently owns 230 Taco Bells And the whole concept is being done by saying, hey, you know what? Before the pandemic, people would want to come in. Afterwards, 90% of their sales are through the drive-thru. So why not just make one giant mega drive-thru?
1: Here's the other horrifying thing. What if they automate the kitchen?
0: This whole thing. You know someone's going to figure out a way to do it, too. The whole Taco Bell operating, not a soul there. They could operate
1: 24-7. No matter how late your,
0: your Taco Bell cravings, you too could order Regret. At any time of the day, and no one has to ruin their sleep schedule to make it happen. That's just crazy. All right, I tease the 4chan bot. Let's talk about the 4chan bot. A YouTuber has went ahead and created a chat bot that was trained on the worst board on 4chan, the politically incorrect board
1: to talk as though they were.
0: I need to make sure I use my terminology correctly here. That doesn't get me pulled off like all the podcasting networks. The usual denizens of
1: the board. What was
0: more fascinating about this was how the denizens of Pole
1: reacted to the bot. For you see, the maker of this, YouTuber Yannick Kilcher, went ahead
0: and intentionally had this bot using the 4chan pass, meaning that you can go ahead and use proxy servers and bypass the CAPTCHA system. So it would just post its AI-generated posts and then also post it from a country flag that you'd basically never see anything from. On the poll board, for those who don't know, which I'd hopefully would be just about everyone, your posts are anonymous, but your country of origin is shown. So it'll show whether you're posting from America, where you're posting from Canada, whether you're posting from Moot Texaco, or wherever. It'll show up there. The flag that the bot was flying was of a small...
1: Tropical Island.
0: I'm trying to make sure that I'm trying to see, does the article actually say specifically where it's from? And unfortunately, the article actually doesn't. I actually went ahead and watched the entire video just because I was actually curious. The actual bot itself just basically just kept saying random posts. And everyone just assumed it was a normal user until they started noticing that 16,000 posts were being generated all from this small, tropical
1: nation. Is it a military base? It can't be a proxy server. Those aren't allowed. And in typical 4chan fashion, the bot became a bit of a mystery
0: and Pohl got to trying to figure out what was going on. And there were some crazy theories that were going around on Pohl. And again, I'm, I'm, I, w- I didn't see it firsthand. I'm only, t- I'm only speaking from information that was provided in the YouTube video. There were theories going around, like an FBI spy mission to try and try and look into them, a research method, it's just all kinds of crazy, crazy theories. A massive population influx on that on that island because there's a military base there.
1: In reality, one YouTuber. That trained in AI on poll for a month,
0: and you know you would assume that the bot itself would just be just the worst thing ever. Honestly, for 4chan content, the posts the bot was making were, I would say, tame. For, for your usual poll content, it's exceedingly tame.
1: Now, the YouTuber did, in fact, post where to go ahead and uh,
0: did, in fact, actually post his bot and uh, you could actually generate posts. Using the bot. All the ones that I got off it were. Very general. Very general. Anon posts. So for a, for a lot of the articles saying like. Oh they made a, a hate speech machine. I didn't get any, any hate speech out of it. I'll just say that straight up. All I got out of it, the worst I got out of it was it insisting that the FBI created aliens to hide nanomachines. That was the most out there thing I got out of the bot when I tested it. Cool project, and honestly, the fact that it tricked 4chan and it tricked pole, amuses me far more than anything else. Now, in any case, if you want something that's actually scary, how about UK scientists that are growing cells on a moving robot skeleton?
1: Yeah, growing organic cells on a robot now we see
0: the real reason why why brexit is going on it is so they can continue their research on creating actual androids obviously i'm kidding but what the
1: heck actually
0: actually creating cellular growth on moving robotic skeletons of course it's being done just as a proof of concept right now but what are the actual implications what is the actual end game of this kind of research someone in chat says this is all for cat girls
1: I, for one, think we need to go ahead and find
0: this firm and, and go ahead and contribute as much as we can for their very useful and important, actually life-changing research that no matter how horrific it sounds, we must focus on the end game of Catgirls. Oh, you thought I was kidding when I said I didn't have crazy stories. Here's the crazy thing. I still have one more. This isn't even the craziest story I have. Because while we have here... Creating biological life on a robotic skeleton... I give you the other way around. Performance-enhancing robots on organic life. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the last verb, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the week. I give you Violite, light therapy to improve your gaming reaction speed.
1: I... I t- <laughs> I'm speechless.
0: The concept is that by firing certain kinds of light up a subject's nose, (laughs) it can improve your reaction speed and help you game faster while making it look like you're on the world's weirdest form of life support. I don't know what sounds more made up. Using nose light to improve your gaming reaction speed. Or cryptocurrency fanatics making cold hard cash. But here I am. I now live in a world where both exist.
1: Both. The light
0: generating Performance enhancing wire. And cold, hard crypto cash. Someone in chat says that the crypto, that crypto is, is more made up, but they're both real. They both are actually there. I don't know which is going to end up being more fake. Because like this whole thing just seems like. A placebo effect.
1: It, it has to be right. How? How would light? How would light shot up your nose increase performance? Well.
0: According to Veilite, the goal is to increase nitric oxide levels in your tissue to improve oxygenation through better blood throw, bl- throw, Better blood flow and better blood flow can theoretically lead to better reactions in games. But it's not just for gamers. Even though that's the primary market for reasons that scientists cannot explain... It can also be used to support your immune
1: system. And. I'm not going to lie. Just reading this
0: makes me feel like I'm up at 2 a.m. Listening to an as seen on TV ad. Or that I stayed stayed at home from school and listening to the, to the weird infomercials in between the price is right what well uh, I I just I just can't even folks that's gonna do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech thank you so much for listening and I do encourage you check out the daily podcast the early bird briefing which you can find at anchor.fm slash early birb briefing and there is still more eagle eyes on tech anchor.fm slash eagle eyes on tech every week as we move forward and get back into the swing of things there will be a bonus episode of all the stories we didn't cover this week there is going to be a ton of them take care and I hope you have a great day can shoot light up my nose and improve performance
1: i have an idea
0: i need a vr headset and a tanning bed if up my nose is good enough then embracing in the whole blasted thing is going to make me a gaming god we're gonna go get involved in esports from a tanning bed You can't convince me this is a bad idea. This is a brilliant idea as long as someone other than me does it. And I can observe from the sidelines and cashing on the idea.